0: Greetings and happy Wednesday to everyone, and welcome. Thank you for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for April 13th, 2022. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God and most merciful Father, We thank you for the many blessings you have given us, and we would ask that you bring your peace to those that need it the most. Lord, we need to be reminded that through our actions, we are bearing your image to others. Help us to be a more perfect reflection of you. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, today's Wednesday and tomorrow's Thursday. Have you ever wondered why Monday Thursday is called Monday Thursday? Well, it's the Thursday before Easter, and it's a celebration of the original observance of the Lord's Supper, also known as Holy Eucharist or Holy Thursday. It is rooted in the biblical accounts of Jesus' celebration of the Passover meal and the institution of the Eucharist, or communion, with his disciples, and it may be traced back to the very origins of the Christian liturgical history. Originally associated with the preparation for baptism on Easter Sunday morning, Monday Thursday, the word Monday comes from a Latin word, mandatum, or commandment and it continues to be celebrated by many Christian communions as a time of penitence, preparation, and consecration in the midst of Holy Week. Listen to the words that Jesus spoke, and we will learn how Monday Thursday got its name. This first reading comes from the book of John, chapter 13, verse 34. A new command I give you, Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Well, you know, Thursday before Easter was a big day in Jerusalem and there was a lot going on. Jesus and his disciples, along with all of the other observant Jews, were celebrating the Passover festival. Now, you know, I don't go too many weeks without saying that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus, all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And the reason I really like this tagline from the Bible Project is because it's a true statement. This Passover observance began many years before the time of Jesus. It takes us back to the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt that dates back to 1446 B.C. and also marks the first observance of Passover. Through Moses and Aaron, God rescued the Israelites from their long exile in slavery, 430 years of slavery. This echoes the need for a Savior. With God's help, Moses was that Savior at the time, but he was not a perfect Savior. But he was a signpost pointing to the need for a perfect Savior. You know, usually I read the scripture passages and then offer some commentary or reflection, but today I'm going to flip that a little bit and offer just a little bit of commentary first and then a reflection later. This is what the Lexham Bible Dictionary has to say about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. This is the blood of the New Covenant. And now new is not found in the earliest and best manuscripts, and likely is a scribal addition. I personally like the term "new covenant. Uh, and it perhaps alludes to Exodus 25 versus excuse me, Exodus 24 verses five through 8, that I'll read in just a minute. There, the ratification of the covenant of God with Israel required blood. This implies that a covenant is being ratified in this moment, or perhaps more likely is foreshadowing the covenant that will be ratified at Jesus' death. The second part, which is poured out for many, has sacrificial connotations, although it could be understood as an extension of the covenant idea found in the first saying. In that, those participating will become members of a renewed covenant with God. On the night before the Israelites' exodus from Egypt, God gave Moses and Aaron explicit instructions regarding the sacrifice of a young lamb without blemish in remembrance of their release from captivity. Our next reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 12 through 17. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. Do not work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Our next reading is in Exodus as well, chapter 24, verses 5 through 8, that I mentioned earlier. Then he sent young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Now it's interesting in verse seven, I noted that all of the people said, we will do everything everything the Lord has said, we will obey. It begs the question, how did that go? Not too good, which is yet another signpost pointing to the need for a Savior. That Savior, Jesus Christ, is revealed to us subtly in the Old Testament and vividly in person in the New Testament. The setting for the next reading is from the New Testament, And it's in the upper room where Jesus had instructed his disciples to prepare a Passover feast that he would share with them. This reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, in the last verse of this reading, verse 28, Jesus said, This is the blood of the covenant. Now, I did some research and looked at several different uh, translations and did a comparison. and the King James Version, is the only version I found that says this is the blood of the new covenant, which would make sense to me. This all took place in the upper room where Jesus had told his disciples to go and prepare for the Passover feast. After Jesus said these words regarding his body and his blood, the disciples were no doubt confused as well as distressed. Jesus had told his disciples he would die, and three days later, he would rise again. I'm sure at this point, all they heard was he would die. They had been promised the good news, but they just couldn't see it. As we prepare for Easter this coming Sunday, let us all remember and celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ. I shared a short story with you in February of 2021, And it's so meaningful, especially this time of year, I would love to share it with you again. Laurel and I purchased a small book for our grandchildren about eight years ago, titled The Very First Easter. The story begins by letting you know all the amazing things Jesus did in his time on this earth. As the story progresses, Jesus gathers his disciples for the Last Supper. He is betrayed, falsely accused, tried, convicted, crucified, buried, and resurrected. I read the story to William when he was about six years old. The interesting story, along with wonderful illustrations, kept his interest all the way to the end. William let me know that what he really liked about the story was the way it ended. A couple of weeks later, I had an opportunity to read the story to all three of our grandchildren. As I sat in my chair, William was in the middle of my lap. His sister, May Walker, was to his right, and his cousin, Hannah, to his left. Before I begin reading, I ask William to be respectful and not give away the ending of the story. This story does not take long to read, maybe seven minutes from start to finish, so I was confident that William could keep the ending a secret. As I read and the kids helped me turn the pages, I noticed William begin to smile more and more with every page turn. And he would glance at his sister and then glance at his cousin to check out their reactions to the amazing things Jesus did. The story is only 31 pages long, but when we got to page 16, William could not contain himself anymore and blurted out, The good part's coming. By the end of the story, Hannah and May Walker understood why William was so excited about the way the story ended. The end that was so exciting for William and is so exciting for us as well is, of course, the resurrection of Jesus, our lamb, our sacrificial lamb who takes away the sins of the world. The best way to get to know someone better and strengthen your relationship with them is to learn more about their story. We learn more about the story of Jesus through God's Word. I invite you to share the good news of Jesus with others so that everyone can share the excitement that William experienced. Now let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, we come to you today seeking to strengthen our relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that keeps the flames of our faith burning. Lord, we ask you to equip us and give us the desire to share the good news of Jesus with others. We lift up our prayer to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.